0: You ever, uh, ever been to Wisconsin? What? Well, they have some of the coldest winters around. I grew up there near Chippewa Falls. I remember when I was a kid, me and my father, we went ice fishing out on Lake wisota Ice fishing is, you know where you... I know what ice fishing is! <laughs> Sorry. You just... Seem like you know, kind of an indoor girl. Anyway, I uh, I fell through some thin ice, and I'm telling you, water that cold, like right down there, it hits you like a thousand knives stabbing you all over your body. You can't breathe, you can't think, at least not about anything but the pain. Which is why I'm not looking forward to jumping in there after you. Like I said, I don't have a choice. I guess I'm kind of hoping you'll come back over the rail and, and get me off the hook here. You're crazy. That's what everybody says, but with all due respect, miss, I'm not the one hanging off the back of the ship here. Come on, come on, give me your hand, you don't want to do this, <gasps> I'm Jack Dawson, who do was doing big hitter, I have to get you to write that one down. Pete, we got to it.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's been a long time coming.
2: It has. I've threatened this episode for a while.
1: (laughs) I'm happy we're finally here. Listeners, my
2: name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And and these are are the movies movies that made us gay. gay.
1: Yay!
2: We got to the Titanic episode, motherfuckers. man, we did it. I've been threatening it pretty much since the early days of this podcast. I feel like we've had many just small Titanic discussions on this show. But now we're finally here. And we had yes, our indeed. good friend Jennifer Morazic here to talk about
1: mm. Titanic. Welcome to the show. Hi. Now
2: I don't know hey. if you were listening to Moran's episode two weeks ago, but she mentioned in the episode, oh, you should have Jennifer on for Titanic. And I'm like, oh my God, that's perfect.
1: Light bulb moments.
2: <laughs> Light bulb moment. Because I feel like I've been wanting a really good guest for Titanic. I wanted someone like super into it that we can talk about Leo mania with and everything, which is fucking rad about this movie. And yeah, it was a light bulb moment and we got on. and like, <laughs> after like,
1: yeah, sure. We got John. I'm,
3: I'm very
1: happy to be here. Oh, good, exciting, and uh, I'm yes. sure uh, we're we're going to talk about Leo Mania and uh, <laughs> our relationship <laughs> with one Mr. DiCaprio. We are doing this call,
2: and there are uh, there is Titanic posters in the background everywhere. You have, <laughs> everywhere you have two of yours, <laughs> and we have one that's framed. And whenever we do these calls, our guests can always see the Titanic poster.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's there, like, full stop, 365, mm-hmm. in our living room. Amazing. <laughs> we, Love it. You know, we're fans of, of James Cameron. We're, Jim. We're, we're filmmakers, is what we are. We like to call him Jim. Jim, yeah, Jim. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this movie was a phenomenon. It, like, captured the world um, and all of our hearts. We should, like we usually do, talk a little bit about... Um, Kind of our history with the movie and where we first saw it um, originally, if we can remember that far back. Oh, I can remember. But let's uh, let's start with our guest. Jennifer, when did you see this movie the first time?
3: Um, I first saw this movie. I didn't see it right when it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents had actually seen it maybe like a couple months after it came out. And they told me that they really enjoyed it. And uh, then after that, I think it was March after it had come out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went and saw it. I don't remember if I saw it with them or with friends, but saw it and I, you know, cried. (laughs) Like a baby,
1: <laughs> and you laugh, you know. You
3: cried. <laughs> um, cried like a baby, uh, and just felt felt so many feelings yeah. for Leo, <laughs> for um, you know, and then of course all the the other sad stuff. Yeah, and I was just I was obsessed after that. I just I after I saw it the first time. Yeah, I. Couldn't wait to
2: see it again. Awesome. How many times did you see it in the theater? Twelve. Love it. (laughs) Love that.
1: That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And were you familiar with, had you seen Romeo and Juliet? Oh, of course. I I loved Romeo and Juliet. So you were, this was not like, who is this boy? You were fully like invested in Leo at this point. Okay. Cool, Ab- cool.
3: Absolutely, right. absolutely.
1: Because yeah, because I also have a bone to pick with people that say that like Titanic was like our first introduction to Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'm just like, um, no. hello, uh, <laughs> already no. Oscar nominated no. at that point. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, also, you're you're absolutely right. He had Gilbert Grape already, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, he was definitely established to to those of us in the know. Um, yes. Okay. All right. 20. And
3: Basketball Diaries. Oh, yeah. Though I actually yeah. never never saw that, but um, it's like not that I can remember.
1: Yeah, I feel like I saw Basketball Diaries once and way later. Like, I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it, like, you know, yeah. years and years after the fact. Just because I was like, how did I miss this? Um, yeah. I'll talk about when I saw it. Yeah, go um, ahead. I'm a little older than you two. Uh, I was... Um, teenager but uh, I saw it with well a, f- a good friend of mine my dear friend Espy and I were both very much big fans of Leo from Romeo and Juliet and, and, and everything and so when this came around we were like let's go see it let's go see it so we got together we drove out to uh, to the movies and it was sold out and it was sold out for the entire day and so we were like okay Womp, womp. We missed it. So we tried again. I don't remember if it was the next weekend or a couple days later, but we tried again a second time, sold out the entire day. And I think we went to another theater and it was sold out there as well. It was like impossible. Driving around like
2: East LA trying to find a theater that would show Titanic.
1: No, we weren't driving around East LA. We were driving around the SGV. We were in Alhambra and uh, Pasadena. Uh, I think we went to... Oh, we ultimately saw it in West Covina Um the third time we tried to see it. Saw it then. The two of us were just like living our life. We loved it. Felt like no time. You know, two, two and a half hours? How long oh, it? it's over three. Over three hours? Felt like, you know, fingers snapped. Felt like no time had passed. We just were that invested. And then... um I went a second time, and I saw it with my mom, and I, to this day, remember that there was a woman in front of us that wouldn't shut the hell up the entire time, and I was
0: like, <laughs> shut it.
1: She was in front of us, so I couldn't even turn around and glare and give her like the like shut your mouth face. Um, but I, to this day, I remember, 25 years later, uh, and then I only saw it the two times in the theater then. Ultimately, we've gone to revivals, we saw it in 3D in the theater, um, seen it several times, own it, so I'm fully invested in it. was
2: also one of the last movies that we saw in the theater in 2020, because we just went to it yes. at the Vista in February.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, right before the first and initial lockdown. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was my history. Tried it twice, saw it on the third attempt because of the the sold-out Showings in Los, the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah, that's how like intense the the this movie was. Scott, what about
2: you? So I remember going to the movies with my parents in the fall of ninety seven. We were seeing Kiss the Girls with Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman, ah. and I remember that was the first time I had ever seen that. I first saw the trailer, and I just remember being like, "Oh my god, this movie looks." <laughs> Fucking amazing! That teaser trailer, where the last shot of it is like the boat going down, and I just remember thinking, like, I've never seen anything like this. This looks amazing, and I can't wait. And our theater, the Judith Theater, also had the poster that I was obsessed with looking at. That I just wanted that poster. It's the poster that's right behind you, Jen. Jen, (laughs) but just like I wanted. Dancing? No. It's the one one that we have, the one that we have with them in the back of the bow of the ship and just being like, I want that poster. (laughs) Kate looks beautiful on it. Mm -hmm. Leo looks so handsome. I cannot wait for this movie. So it came out. I was following everything and our small theater did not get this movie until early March.
1: Because you, your town, the movie theater had one screen. One screen. At the time.
2: Sometimes two movies a week but not always though and sure. I think that just the demand for this movie was super high.
1: Well they probably didn't want to show it because it's 3 hours so they only they lost a showing per day mm-hmm. so they're going to lose money on showing this movie. And
2: also I remember my friend Aaron whose dad owned the movie theater just told me that how much they had to give back to the studio to show this movie. That's why yeah. when it came to Lewistown it had to show for like a month. Sure. to like make back its profit. So it fully showed in my small town for a month in March. And that's when I went to it. My dad dropped me off by myself. I didn't even go to this movie with anyone. I just <laughs> went by myself because I feel like everyone else in my family was not really, like, here for it or they just didn't care. So my dad dropped me off. There was a line around the block. Yeah. And I was just really nervous. I'm like, am I going to make it in? The only time I've ever sat in the balcony of the Judah Theater <laughs> was for this movie. In, like, old wooden seats. Yeah. And just, I was just obsessed. Yeah. And then when it came out in September on VHS, because that's how long right. movies used to take to come out on video. Yeah. Was this came out in September, so I was already in junior high. And I remember the blockbuster ads of, like, <laughs> Titanic is going to be available at midnight. I remember seeing everything on Channel One News. <laughs> Do you remember Channel One News? Oh yes! I remember seeing the previews for Blockbuster. Yes, We're going to have Titanic at midnight, and just being so excited. And I think that I got it from our grocery store, and I would just watch this damn VHS nonstop.
1: Now, wasn't the VHS of Titanic kind of expensive because it was a two-tape situation?
3: I, I think it was maybe like twenty-four dollars or okay. yeah. something like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I don't remember either. But I feel like yeah, the, the whole two-tape situation because it was so long. Mm-hmm. Um, that, do you remember what spot in the in the first tape? Of course. Stops? Jennifer, do you remember when no. the first tape stops? <laughs> Scott, what, I don't what remember. Part of it?
2: it is Mr. Esme. You're going to be ha- you're going to have your your front page headlines. Mr. Esme.
1: Mm-hmm. And then it That's goes where it stops. Goes to black. You put mm-hmm. in tape too.
2: And I remember being <laughs> so excited when I first brought it home yeah. that um, I couldn't stay up too late. So I just had to watch the first tape. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Would you always just start with the first tape and then never make it to tape two or would you always try? Oh, you always have to make
2: it to tape two. (laughs) So I would watch this tape so much that my sister and her then boyfriend Mm -hmm. would make fun of me. Sure. That like, why are you watching that movie again? I feel like you're always watching the stupid movie. So I began to have sort of a complex about it that I'm just (laughs) like, well, is it not like good it's just one of those things or that when cool. somebody makes fun of something that you like and then yeah. you start to second guess yourself like do yeah. I have good taste? <laughs> and then I feel like I just sort of developed like a complex about it that I would be too ashamed to admit to people that I really like Titanic.
1: Even though it was like the biggest uh, mm-hmm. movie in the world at that point. Didn't it make the hi- wasn't it the highest grossing movie of all time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah, it it was for a while. I I don't think it is now, but I believe it was for a yeah, long time made, like up until like recently I it, think.
2: It made over 2 billion dollars worldwide oh and it was broken by Avatar. But uh, when you yeah. look at Avatar's numbers, more people saw Titanic because movie tickets were cheaper. Sure. So that's more mm. movie tickets sold.
1: Um I remember Titanic being in the theaters so long that they had like a watch it again commercial campaign. Yeah. They were like, like "Go back, watch bring someone time. that you love."
3: <laughs> yeah, I I actually remember when. So like the following year for Super Bowl Sunday, mm. I, like I've never really been into sports, and my parents were going to a Super Bowl party, and they actually dropped me off at the movie theater. <laughs> Well, they went to their party and I went and saw Titanic (laughs) on Super Bowl Sunday. So this was like January of
1: Yeah. You know (laughs) the next I forget. Yeah.
3: ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah. ninety eight
1: probably. Oh my god. It would have been January ninety nine. So it was still there were theaters still playing it when after the VHS has had been released right
2: i mean possibly i mean it would have I think probably so. it would have still been in theaters in summer of 98
1: oh good lord that's crazy but, I mean, well worth it. This movie, I mean, it's a different experience seeing it in the theater. When we did go, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, was it March or February? February. It was It was
2: for their Valentine's Day programming.
1: Yeah, when we did go to the Vista to see it in the theater, it was like I had seen it so many times. And it's one of those things that it's just, you know, after 25 years, if you have cable TV, it's like, you know switching the channels and there it is on tbs and there it is on tnt and you know you just get used to seeing it but when you see it in the theater again you're just like oh my god this movie is amazing mm-hmm. i
2: think people underestimate how powerful the last 50 minutes of of this movie is right i feel like whenever you see lists of like some of the best action sequences ever put to film mm-hmm. i feel like the sinking of the titanic is usually never one of them but it should be because it's incredible filmmaking
3: yeah so intense yeah. i mean the whole like when it really just you know when it really starts going down and yeah. i think when it's when the ship is breaking and people are really starting to panic i mean that's uh, it's so intense yeah still they, to this day they flood um,
2: that stairway set and it's so incredibly scary because you can tell that they just had to get stunt actors for that scene yeah and let's just not yeah. try to drown anybody today at work <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, and also I mean I I think it's interesting revisiting the film, you know, being older and mm. more aware of, you know, death and scary situations mm-hmm. and everything and just when you watch that scene and you think about you yeah. see these people that are doing a very good job at acting, yeah. but also, <laughs> you know, that's just Making you think about like what if I was in that situation yeah. and just how terrifying that would be and I really think they capture that yeah for sure. really well,
2: especially when you look at Marvel movies and you look at sort of disaster sequences mm-hmm. they're usually never done this intensely
1: mm-hmm. yeah or mm-hmm. yeah or or as like they what this movie does like you're saying is that it brings it down to that personal level there's a lot of situations when characters look at each other like they're looking at each other face to face and they look at each other in the eyes in this moment like you know when when rose sees um that blonde girl that was Mm -hmm. dancing with fabrizio you know hanging and she just like looks at her and she's just like i can't i can't do anything i can't help Mm -hmm. you like i'm like oh my god and yeah. that's
2: what's so great about how this movie is edited because it's still cut around Rose's point of view yes. that you're with her every step of this way. Yeah. And I love those little moments where they're in the back of the ship and she's having these small interactions with these people.
1: In the present?
2: No. Oh. Like in the back of the ship.
1: Oh, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you just when said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like she's just looking yeah. at people.
1: Sure. Um, I think what there's a there's been a lot of talk and analysis over time about the script and james cameron's like kind of use of uh the screenplay to tell this story and um there's like the framing device of you know Bill Paxton in the present being this treasure hunter who's
2: sort of a surrogate for Jim Cameron too yes mm-hmm. yes
1: um And, uh, you know, old Rose is telling this story um, from her memories from 84 years ago. And, you know, like I said, over time, it's like this movie kind of fills a lot of um, people can... Think a lot of different ways about it. Like you said, some people can be like, "Oh my god, that movie's so like so corny. I can't believe you're watching it again." But then other mov- other people really love it and hold it like in a really special place. But there is something to be said for the script being, on the one hand, a little hokey. You know, some of the dialogue is kind of funny when you hear it, but on the other hand, it's extremely um, effective in the mm-hmm. way that it displays. Like it tells this huge story. Um, you have set up and payoffs
2: in the script. Yes.
1: Yes. But there's, I mean, there, it, it gave us like some really classic characters like Billy Zane's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this bananas performance. What is the, what is, uh, Cal? Yeah. Cal. Cal Hockley. Billy Zane's depiction of Cal Hockley is amazing. Um, You know, there's some really good uh, character moments throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. Kathy Bates is amazing. She's so good. You know, almost played by Reba. I mean, we have to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. Legend (laughs) of this Molly Brown casting.
2: I mean, it could have worked either way. I would have loved to have seen Reba in this role.
1: Are you not familiar with this? (laughs) Jen- <laughs> I had no idea. Okay, so the story goes that Reba was cast, and there was a change to her tour schedule. And she was just like, I have more people depending on me for this tour than mm-hmm. for me to be in this movie. So she dropped out. And then um, they cast Kathy Bates.
3: I, I love Kathy Bates, and I, I think yeah. she was... I think she's the perfect person. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't she's... I couldn't
1: imagine anybody else. Yeah. And at that point Reba hadn't really she I had mean, done, a she hadn't done a lot of that. She had done a lot of TV probably. Yeah. And it's like right now all she really mostly has is like her sitcom and I mean excuse me. I mean her music videos have some like Tour de Force acting in them, if you've ever seen, you know, the, the video for fancy, the full length video. Oh yes. That that is <laughs> <laughs> that is some cable ace award winning acting right there. But it's probably better that they went with Kathy Bates because she is, I mean, without a doubt, she's a stronger actress. And her portrayal of this character mm-hmm. is amazing. There's a lot of moments that the script kind of is, um, I don't want to say manipulative, but there are moments in the movie when you first watch it that you're just like... <gasps> You, you just cry because it's a melodrama. It's a melodrama. He knows how to frame the story
2: that yes. this grand story of the sinking of the Titanic just has to be a classic Hollywood melodrama.
1: Yes, but one of the one of the bigger moments is Kathy Bates on the ship tr- or on the the lifeboat trying to get them to go back to pick up the other survivors. That's like a big moment that you're just like, oh my god, uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, the the band continuing to play on the, you know, on the deck, that's one of those things that it's like, those moments are built in to get the audience to just like, that's lose it.
3: I mean, when, when the band plays, I believe the song is called near my God to thee. Yes. It's like a, you know, a hymn, hymnal song. Um, it, when they start playing that, I, I would always just start losing it.
2: Because <laughs> that's when you start to get callbacks of all of these extras that you've been following in the entire movie. Yes. Yeah. You see yeah. Uh, the woman from Terminator and her kids.
1: With her like Lucky Charms mm-hmm. accent.
2: Mm-hmm, with her Lucky Charms accent. You yes. see the Macy's couple that founded Macy's yes. and they're on bed together. Um, J- Jen, have you ever seen A Night to Remember from the 50s?
3: No, I never you did see that. I mean, I I know of it, of course, yeah. just from being obsessed with Titanic. <laughs> um, but uh, I never, I, I don't think I ever did actually see it.
2: There's a nice criterion of it right now. But yeah, track that down because uh, that's based on a book of eyewitness accounts of what happened on the Titanic. And you can tell that mm-hmm. just Jim just sort of picked and, choo- and chose from that book and that movie of mm-hmm. just what he was going to include. So it, it's kind of fun to watch both versions and see what he calls back. Yeah, and there's mm. also a cut on YouTube, a sequence of the sh- of the sinking, and they put it to James Warner's score.
1: Oh wow, Oh, that's fun. Yeah, um, yeah, the score is really good. I feel like did he was it? Is it part of like the you know the legend of this movie that they wanted Anya? I believe that
2: J- Jim wanted Enya, and he even did a cut of the movie with some of her songs in yeah. it. And James Horner insisted that there needs to be this Celine love story that he worked into a score.
1: Okay. Because when we were watching it to prepare, there were definitely moments in the score where I was like, oh, that kind of feels Enya ish. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know I if have, they like. I have the <laughs> I have the Back to
2: Titanic score on vinyl. Oh yeah, <laughs> work.
1: <laughs> I listen
2: to it all the time. I listen love to it, it on my walks.
1: Love it. Wow. I mean, does it have?
3: I still, I still love the score. It's amazing. I mean, I love James Horner in general. Like he's done some really amazing movie scores. But uh, I mean, I can still listen to the Titanic score to this day, and it's incredible
1: i'll just listen just to rose's really theme powerful, on, i'll just I listen
2: think. to rose's theme on loop
1: <laughs> rose's theme i'll have to look for that <laughs> it's like it's like the main her main piece of music mm-hmm. come josephine and my flying machine okay so what i specifically remember from the time was you know there's a lot of press for this movie and james cameron and my knowledge of him up to that point was that he was just a very meticulous director. You know, he came from, like, independent movies. And he came from, like, sci-fi mostly. Um, and then he does this historical romantic drama. But you know that he's very, like, pays attention to detail. And so in all of the press, all he would talk about was how... They used, you know, blueprints from the actual ship to build the sets, and they had historical, you know, um, historians to come in and talk to the, the extras and the cast about how to behave, you know, for the time period and the costumes and, and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, like that song, Josephine and the Flying Machine, that he kind of sings to to Rose as they're on the bow of the ship, like that, that was kind of a popular song at this Mm. time, you know, this time period. So, and that stuff like really to me. And I mean, I guess that's kind of the idea of our podcast is that we were the kinds of boys that were watching this and going, Oh, that's so interesting. This, this song from the 19 teens, like what a fun little, (laughs) what a fun little moment. Whereas most boys our age were probably just like, Oh, yeah, you, you see her boobs in that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You know? Um, I love, uh, speaking of the boob scene, I love how tastefully done the nude scene is because I feel like when you remember it, you think that you see more of Kate. Yeah. But, but you really don't. Yeah. And, there, and and it's so, like, artfully done and just beautifully shot.
1: Yeah. Did you see this with your parents at some point in the 12 times that you saw it in the theater? I think so. Okay.
3: <laughs> I, I think I probably did it at least once.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because I was gonna say maybe that, with my mom. Yeah. That 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 one scene is the is the one where you're just like, ooh, oh yeah, I forgot.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I I think I don't know. I mean, I yeah. guess like as a female seeing you know a nude female. With your mm-hmm. mom or whoever I don't know and right, I think maybe that didn't feel as weird okay. the sex scene definitely
1: oh yeah,
2: <laughs> feels do think, weird do you think that's with- the first time in history that people like is that the first time sex in a car had ever happened, do you think
1: in a movie? oh like in in life
2: in, in like <laughs> in like the universe of this movie, I like to think that that's the first time that somebody ever got fucked in the back of a car. <laughs>
1: I mean, cars are still pretty no, new. No, I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's probably not. Cars, cars were pretty new in 1912, but still, somebody figured it out.
2: <laughs> I like to think that they were the first.
1: <laughs> That's the first time for those two. Jack Dawson had probably only been into a handful of cars in his life. So, okay, so we have to talk about some of the fun characters in this movie. Should we just kind of get into
2: a little bit of Leo mania?
1: Oh, yeah. I want to
2: talk about Leo mania. Yeah, let's talk
1: about Leo mania.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, like we were talking, I was very familiar with Leo going up to this movie. Mm -hmm. I had sisters, and they were also obsessed with Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. I remember What's Eating Gilbert Grape, definitely. Um... Also, I really liked a movie that Leo did with Meryl Streep and Diane Keaton called Marvin's Room. Do you remember Marvin's Room? No. Yeah, and I and you think I'm not sure I think he did that '96 or so. And I remember that was mm. one of my first introductions to Meryl Streep when I was a child too. Was Marvin's Room?
1: Hmm. What, uh, so, what is the story of that? Maybe Marvin's Room. I
2: believe that Diane Keaton needs right, like a this. kidney transplant. <laughs> And um, she reconnects with her trashy sister, played by Meryl Streep. Mm. Yeah. And I believe Diane Keaton was Oscar nominated for it.
1: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And Marvin's Room came out in, you're right, 96. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. So, you, like you said, you, Jen, you had fully aware of Romeo and Juliet, fully steeped into, into Leo mania at this point.
3: Very, yeah, I was very obsessed with Romeo and Juliet. I mean, the aquarium scene in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, I mean, I would just watch that that whole scene. And then when they go in the elevator, I would just watch that on repeat, basically.
1: Yeah. because <laughs> we, so
2: we need to do a Romeo and Juliet episode soon. Yes. Um, so, yes. I, so I remember listening to an NPR interview with Claire Danes. Uh, that she talked about turning down the role of Rose because she just was like, Well, you know, I had just already done a movie and that was shot in Mexico with Leo, so I just didn't really see the point. And mm-hmm. I kind of agree with her just because I'm just really happy that they settled on Kate. But yeah, it could have been Claire again.
1: Interesting. Could have worked.
3: Had Kate Winslet, I mean, I feel like you'll know this, Scott. Mm -hmm. she hadn't really done anything Uh, before that. Not that I, I mean...
2: She was Oscar nominated for Sense and Sensibility, so I think they were Uh, just trying to hook her up with projects. She made that movie with Emma Thompson that she was probably very close to winning that Oscar, but Mira Sorvino won it but we have to stand mira we have to stand our Romy white and that oscar but um and also her other big thing in 94 was heavenly creatures with peter jackson he sort of mm. discovered her that
1: was her first movie
2: that was her first movie if you've never seen heavenly creatures with kate Winslet and melanie linsky it's great
1: yeah but i we i feel like i forget about sense and sensibility and also yeah. that was a little bit more of like at that time like, um, what do you call it? Not art house, but, you know, just, um... This movie period fully... Period dramas.
2: Titanic just made her into a household name.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I... And I don't know how I found it. It must have been on cable at, at some point. But I was fully, you know, aware of Leo um, from What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Uh, this Boy's Life, I remember, with, um with uh de niro but specifically i remember a movie called total eclipse it came out in 1995 and this was an art house movie but i saw it on cinemax it had to have been cinemax i feel like I, it's come it's all like coming back to me it's all like flowing over me right now it was on cinemax um he plays uh leonardo dicaprio is in this movie with david thewlis from i mean you may remember him from harry potter He was Professor Lupin. Um, And they played these, like, French poets in, like, the 19th century. Like, in, like, ye olde Moulin Rouge times. And they were, like, in Paris, drinking absinthe, like, being, like, French poets and, like, being terrible. And you see Leo's butt in that movie. And I remember uh, it was on Cinemax watching it, being like, oh, my God. And kind of being obsessed with it, figuring out what it was. Finding out when it was going to play next and taping it because you see his butt. Just movie. for Leo's butt. Just for Leo's butt. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't know about that. I know. you got to find it.
2: <laughs> now, did you go to Man in the Iron Mask? Because Man in the Iron Mask, I believe, was released in spring of 98 when this was still in the theater. But I remember being that invested with Leo that I went to also Man in the Iron Mask just dropped off by myself at the movies.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Because I was oh, yeah. so into I, Leo. I,
3: I saw man in the iron mask probably at least like three times in the theater, oh wow <laughs> because just because it had Leo in it yeah, you know
2: yeah, and Leo was on he was a I mean he's been working since he was a child, but his big break was who's the boss right no growing growing pains, pains that's it yes
1: yeah mm, yeah and
2: and critters it was yeah.
1: Growing Pains was a thing where it was, like, the last season. He was kind of brought in. They just needed a cute kid. They needed a kid because the kids were getting were getting older on that show. Um, so, yeah, he only he only did, like, a handful of episodes. But um, I didn't like his hair in Man in the Iron Mask. That wig that, like, it was very, like, curly. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no. it was not good.
1: Yeah. We like, like, you know, like, classic Leo, like, floppy hair. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I don't know if his hair in this movie is too period.
1: <laughs> you don't think the Jack Dawson haircut was, was popular in 1912? Yeah, I don't know. Why Maybe. not? That parted down the middle look? I buy it. Um, Yeah, Basketball Diaries was another one that was kind of edgy. Yeah. You know? Kind of a role that was
2: meant for River Phoenix. I feel like oh, sure. Leo sort of fell into a lot of roles that... Probably could have been River Phoenix. I mean, this movie could have easily been Jack. Could have easily been played by River Phoenix,
1: right? Well, okay. Do you speaking of like the casting of this movie? We talked a little bit about Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. You guys, are you familiar, Jen, with the uh, the other like legendary casting? The
2: alternate universe of Titanic with Matthew McConaughey, and Gwyneth Paltrow.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think that
2: Matthew was pretty close. <laughs> I think that he made it pretty far in the audition. Yeah.
1: I feel, wow. I feel like he reads significantly older than Leo.
2: Also older than Kate, yeah. too.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it would have worked with him and Gwyneth together, mm-hmm. probably.
2: I'm sure that they read Ethan Hawke for this movie, too. Ah,
1: okay. Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I still need... oh Well, I mean, I guess we'll never see them together on, uh, in a movie, but that would have been fun.
2: We'll always have Gattaca
1: yeah that's true um yeah but I think these two kind of like it's interesting because leo came from these more um i guess like smaller independent d Artsy-ish kind of movies, and Kate as well, coming from you know yeah. Sense and Sensibility and and Heavenly Creatures, this movie is like this big, you know, um, it's like a popcorn movie, and the script is a little less like I mean, it's serious, but it's like I keep saying, it's a little hokey, it's a little melodramatic than what the two of them are used to. So it's interesting seeing their like acting styles.
2: I think especially with Kate that you have to be a really great actress to sell a lot of these lines and not make them too hokey. Like Kate sells it in this movie.
1: Yes. We didn't get a super cut of, uh, Jack and Rose screaming each other's names throughout this movie, but I think there's gotta be a count somewhere out there, right? Of how many times Jack says Rose. I'll probably Google that when they're talking.
3: Like when they're screaming through the hallways, Yes. Trying to find each other. Yes,
1: but just in scenes, like when she when she's got the axe and she's like trying to like cut the mm-hmm. the handcuffs. He says "Rose" like fifteen times in like one <laughs> sentence. It's crazy.
3: Are Are there any? Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. Are there any? Have Have you all ever heard of any like drinking games for Titanic? Oh, I'm
2: sure that they're out there. You'd be blackout drunk if you tried to do the name one.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, we'll we'll google that.
2: When something's like set up like the gun and then is paid off, take a shot. Yeah. Every single time you see a particular extra, take a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're called back,
1: we'll we'll look up Supercuts or a uh, uh, drinking game. Well.
2: Um, so Kate's introduction in this movie with the My Fair Lady hat is iconic. So good. (laughs) And I love, it's totally gay culture of just looking at the Titanic and just being unimpressed.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) It looks pretty big. Yeah, let's see. Where is that? Oh, there it is. Here we go. Let's take a listen to that moment. I don't
0: see what all the fuss is about. It doesn't look any bigger than the Mauritania. You can be blasé about some things, Rose, but not about Titanic. It's over 100 feet longer than Mauritania and far more luxurious.
1: Far more luxurious.
2: I love Kate's um, character arc in this movie. I think it's so yes. well done.
1: I but, love Kate's accent work in this movie. Yeah,
2: she's doing like a a society accent.
1: Well, you mentioned it last night. She's kind of doing a Judy Garland accent.
2: Yeah, she has a line when they're when she's about to jump off the back of the ship where she says, "The fall over will kill you," but she sort of delivers it like Judy in the Wizard of Oz.
1: Yeah. Um. So that brings us a, l- uh, a little bit into um, to Cal and Billy Zane and his wig. That um, that <laughs> damn that damn lace front <laughs> and his eyebrows and eyeliner that beat face. <laughs> so, what do you think is going on with Billy Zane and the permanent eyeliner look? Do you think that's just that's just him? That's just how his face looks.
3: <laughs> um. I guess that's how his face looks.
2: <laughs> Pete and I have had numerous run-ins with Billy's aim because he lives in oh, Pasadena. Yeah. When I worked at the Huntington, he was a regular. We would see him a lot. He had a very beautiful wife.
1: Yes, he, mm-hmm. he, he does. His I believe is, that. Yeah, his wife is very beautiful, and they have little um, small children. Uh, I saw him at the bike shop.
2: The bike shop across oh, the street.
1: Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> I'm just standing in the in the parking lot having a very intense conversation with someone that they're I don't know what they're talking about, but I wanted to just be like. Billy Zane! I wanted to say put a sock in it, Billy Zane, but... I bet that he gets that all the time. Yeah. From I, Zoolander. I decided against it. Because he's a big dude, and he's intense, and so, I don't know, I feel like maybe he wouldn't be into it. and just be like, shut the hell. <laughs> so I let him be. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I guess maybe it's part of this, I don't know, is it part of the character to make him kind of look a little ridiculous? sure i could see that um was- <laughs> i
3: mean i don't know i never thought he looked ridiculous i never i never liked him yeah. like i never he was just so good at being evil that yeah. i just i don't know yeah. i just never really th- had any thoughts about him
1: yeah i think it, uh,
2: i like think, the way he looked i think it's one of those but, things that... Mm-hmm. i was going to say i think it's one of those things that when you have a nice 4k tv you can really see that wig that wig like I, jumps out at you
3: i had no idea until just now when you're talking about that he oh, that he was wearing a wig
1: <laughs> yeah it's, I, I think it's just a wig because they wanted a certain hairstyle for mm-hmm. him it's it's a it's longer it's like men you know 1997 weren't wearing their hair like cal in this movie and i think he just keeps his hair normally pretty short um mm-hmm. short or bald so i think uh it was just a wig to to supplement the, the hairstyle that they wanted on him. And I think, to be fair, I think most people, except for, like, Leo and, like, Danny Nucci, like, probably everybody else in this movie is wearing a wig. hmm Like... Kate, definitely. Yeah. All the women, if not, like, hair pieces or multiple hair pieces, are probably just wearing full wigs.
2: I like that shade of red because it looks really beautiful when she gets it wet. That's probably why they chose that shade. Sure. Because it reads on camera really well. Yes.
1: And um, it also kind of matches her mother, played by Frances Fisher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This character, this woman. Oh, my God. Like that scene. She's awful. She's awful, but she's so good. And she looks yeah. so period
2: yes absolutely
1: like her face just the way the makeup and the she hair looks like an old photograph yeah works with her <laughs> she looks she just ends up looking so period and we're talking about this most of the other women in this movie have that very period like gibson girl like big cloud of hair like situation and rose doesn't really have that they had to make her look yeah.
2: – I think your hair when you have to make a little more contemporary to the audience that's seeing it too. Yeah. So they can kind of relate to her more. Yeah. There's a really great um, – I believe that it's Glamour, the YouTube channel Glamour on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have a costume historian and they go through movie costumes and they say, what's accurate about this costume? What's not accurate about the, this costume? And when they did Titanic, she was like, pretty much this entire movie is accurate. But the one thing that's not accurate – that you have to ding it for is the hair and makeup yeah. of Kate, but they just mm-hmm. have to do that just to sort of to have your audience relate to her. I think.
3: I I feel like I feel like they did a really good job. Just I mean, sometimes when you revisit, you know, movies from the '90s or whenever, mm-hmm. you they're in costume, but it still kind of has that essence of whatever time period it was made in. Yeah. And I, I feel like going back and watching Titanic, I mean, the costumes don't feel like they have any, you know, bit of 1997. Yeah. Uh, to them. Yeah. Um, I agree. And they're amazing. Beautiful. Like, I mean, all of, all of roses, dresses. Which one's your favorite? Love.
2: Which one would you go to prom in? (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, I was actually gonna bring up, um, so for my junior year homecoming, I had a dress that was extremely like uh, reminiscent of um, the like red and black beaded dress that she wore
2: which one the one that she goes uh the one that she jumps the one that she jumps that she almost jumps with or the one that she wears to dinner
3: the one that she wears to dinner
2: we have we have that little pop vinyl,
3: Ooh, a little pop vinyl. Hello. oh amazing
2: <laughs> i think that my favorite dress is the one that she uh tries to jump off the ship with i like that beanie oh, dress
3: love that dress i actually um i i was gonna show you all i did oh i don't have it in front of me um I had found a really amazing sketch that I had done in eighth grade of her in that dress that you're talking about, Scott.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and, I love that. Uh,
2: Pete, what's your favorite lo- Rose look?
1: Um, I like the look where they're running through the ship, like the one, the last, you know, as the ship sinking.
2: I like that one because you sort of see the character growth that Rose is very stripped down. Yeah that she uh, she's not quite bound by these beautiful dresses. She's a little more free.
1: Yeah. I feel like at one point, there's like a mint green kind of a situation, but now I can't remember when she's wearing it.
3: Oh, when she's wearing that when she's wearing that dress with like the big like...
1: Yes. I don't like, know. A, like a sash belt thing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. That one. I like that one a lot. Was that was to great. Of it. Yeah. Um... Academy Award for Best Costume Design. Yeah. Deserved. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I remember seeing a rose dress, and I think it was the red beaded one where she was going to jump off the ship. Um, I'm pretty sure it was either that one or it was the intro with the big white hat and the, like, purple striped number from her very first scene
2: her traveling suit dress yes
1: at um <laughs> at planet hollywood at city walk a couple of years Amazing. after the fact yeah because my friends and i were just you know being being teenagers with no money and no id and nothing to do we would just go to city walk to waste time and, uh, <laughs> and i'm pretty sure there was some rose um dewitt Bucator Bucator. Yeah. <laughs> in the Planet Hollywood <laughs> there. Who knows where they are now ever since Planet Hollywood went bust, but um
3: have have you all ever been to any of the Titanic museums?
2: Uh, no, I really want to go to the one at the Luxor. Whenever we're there, I always want to go, but it just never works out. Yeah.
3: Oh. I've I've been to the one that's in Tennessee. I think there's three of them. There's one in Tennessee, there's one in Florida, and then there's one um in Vegas. In Vegas. I would hope that the um, one in
2: Tennessee is near Dollywood.
3: It is. <laughs> Good.
2: Oh, I was going to say, knock two yeah. birds and one stone with that one.
3: Yeah. Um, it is incredible. Highly suggest going. <laughs> they they have, I think they do this at all of them, where they have, like, they have a replica of the uh, staircase.
1: Oh, sure. You
3: know, like where she meets Jack to go to the real party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you can do pictures there and it's amazing. Highly recommend.
1: Well, uh, on Carnival Cruise Lines on, um, on formal portrait night, you can choose a backdrop of the, of the Grand Staircase. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a backdrop that they pull from like a curtain. Um, so that's, that's that's an option (laughs) if cruises ever reopen, um, do you think they're going to continue? Didn't weren't they like building a replica of the Titanic? Yeah, I know like, that they were to like sail again. That yeah. would be interesting. But then like no more cruises. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love these. I, I. That's something that I often thought about at the time. Was that like, wow, the special effects of this movie are so great, you can't even tell that they're special effects, everything looks so real, and even now, when you watch it again, like you said, the costuming and the and the design of the characters and the makeup and all that does not look dated. I don't really think any much about this movie looks dated like mm-hmm. it's even the special effects I, really hold up, yeah, most of the special
3: effects are still really good um though so there is one thing that I do notice now. Uh-huh. Is that when they're doing like the aerial shots of the ship, yeah, so uh, the people walking across the ship, they're yeah, you know, just
1: digitized. they look yeah. a little weird people. We, no- we definitely it- noticed that last night. We were like, oh yeah. those, those digital doubles <laughs> look a little funny.
2: There's also <laughs> a crazy face replacement shot of Leo and Kate when they're running down the hall with water that it was an early it was an early day of putting Kate Winslet's face on a stunt performer. And the yeah. end result just kind of looks a little
1: weird. Yeah.
3: I did not notice yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Look for it next time. <laughs> so that even slipped by you. So that's good. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, other than a couple of things, like overall, the, um, like the miniature work looks really good. And like miniatures, especially in water, are really hard to pull off <laughs> because like water, like water droplets don't like miniaturize Correctly, So if a, mm-hmm. if a miniature is too small and the water splashes or whatever, the proportion of like the waves and the splashing and the droplets look crazy different and off. But I think anytime they did use a miniature replica of the ship, it was so freaking big that it like mm-hmm. kind of – made up for that um the combination of when
2: it's syncing with visual effects mm -hmm. and miniatures of how they're sort of blended together it's like the shots are like a mix of the two yeah i think it's really cool
1: yeah and i think that was another thing that i remember because i i was a kind of person i was a kind of teenager and, and still now that anytime a big movie like this came around and there were you know mtv would have you know specials about the making of a movie, you know anytime a, you know there was some kind of behind the scenes thing, I would always like watch it and just be like super fascinated with how they made it and James Cameron's big thing was like they would use a lot of different techniques so that you never really knew which one they were using to like make something work, right?
2: Yeah, when we were watching, we rewatched the Oprah special, which uh, we'll play a few <laughs> clips of that he, um, he said that they only built. One half of the Titanic, because when they shot it in Baja, it's, uh, I believe that they built the left-hand side of it. And when Rose and Cal and her mother are getting on at the beginning, it's technically the right side. So they had to film it and flip it. So yeah. anything that's mm-hmm. on the cars that's, uh, that's writing, they had to print it backwards because they would flip the shot. Because they only had one side of the ship built to save money. I think that's pretty cool. That's some, like, movie magic.
1: Well... Yeah, for sure. Let's, um... Since we're talking about the Oprah special, let's take a little, uh, a little listen to... Do you want to hear the intro? Oh,
2: the intro to the Oprah special <laughs> just makes you miss the Oprah Winfrey show. And just how off the hook that show would be. Of how she... Uh, just how excited Oprah would get but on she, these specials.
1: She's so... It just kind of helps to illustrate like how excited people were for this movie at the time and it was like across everything it was like moms and kids and like everybody was just like all about it so let's take a listen i
0: know
3: now you want to know how did they do that?
0: Today, the stars of Titanic tell the sexy secrets of that ship. Oh, how am I going to work with this beautiful man? From those steamy scenes with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. I had his makeup on me. Uh-huh. Our legs were very kind of tangled up. This is my favorite line from that scene. <laughs> Put your hands on me. That's my new line. To the villain, Billy Zane. didn't you want to kick him off the boat. Now movie mastermind, James Cameron, reveals all the movie magic. The dolphins. The dolphins are real. The dolphins. The dolphins are real. are real. Thank God the
1: dolphins are real. James Cameron! <laughs> all of the sexy <laughs> secrets. <laughs> that was a little National Enquirer, the sexy secrets. I specifically remember watching this entire Oprah. I mean, it wasn't an Oprah special. It was just an episode of Oprah. But it was the entire episode it was Titanic. And they had James Cameron... Kate Winslet, Billy Zane, no Leo, no show, no Leo. Leo,
2: even early in his career, didn't do a lot of press like that. He was too cool. Oh. Mm-hmm.
3: He was probably busy working on Man in the Iron
1: Mask. Ah, uh, true. Maybe he was in France already, banging supermodels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Where, what were you we watching when somebody was just asked him if he wanted to have kids or whatever? We watched something and maybe it was
2: i think it was probably for like the red carpet stuff for this movie i think movie. it was red
1: carpet and somebody asked him about like if he has like a girlfriend and does he want to settle down or something like that and it's 97 right and i'm just thinking no he doesn't want to settle down he wants to like bang supermodels for the next 25 years <laughs> <laughs> he wants to hook up with girls in their early 20s for the rest of his life and he can god bless him cuz he's leo <laughs> so, I remember uh, specifically about the Oprah special. Oprah being really invested into certain shots and, and, and the realism of them because this was early in the like computer generated effects. Is it, era. is it real
2: or is it fake? Yeah. Are those dolphins real? Yeah. I love that when she talks about being on the phone with her and Gail and just them being so excited about this movie. And this is like Oprah. So, I mean, I'd imagine that <laughs> Oprah's pretty hard to impress even at this point. But yeah. them just talking about oh my god Titanic, we loved it.
1: Yeah, and Gail being fully like Gail
2: just robotic. like living her life in, in the movie theater watching it.
1: <laughs> well, one of one of Oprah's big uh, questions was about their Jack and Rose's kiss on the bow of the ship during the sunset, and if that was a real sunset or not. And we're watching the movie last night, going that is not that is not real. There's no way.
2: That is like is a ridiculous. giant key light in front of them. <laughs> Could but be. But they talk about it. Well, yeah.
0: Wow. It was fabulous. It was I know, so fabulous. when I saw it, I said, that's the poster shot. Right. Yeah. It was really, really beautiful, which is precisely why I didn't think about the fact that I was kissing Leonardo DiCaprio. I was too, I you was too preoccupied with the sunset. Right. And we didn't have time. The cameras oh, were just, good. when the sun's setting, setting, it's going down. We bad. had eight minutes to shoot that shot, and Kate was standing up on the bow of the ship screaming at me, shoot, shoot, it looks beautiful. I mean, I've never heard an actor say, shoot, shoot. I mean, it's usually, <laughs> I'm not ready, I'm not ready, you know. Okay, so you shot the wide shot, the side angles, all of, you must have lots of different problems. Oh, time. it we, so no, many it was, it was, it was the one, the one beautiful shot where she puts her arms out and he kisses her. It's cut up, you know, into several uh-huh. shots, and then of course the wide shot is, is a, a, a digital effect shot that took six months. Okay. You know, but we knew what it was going to look like. We knew what the sky was going to look like because we had this great sort uh, of eight-minute. I'm so happy to know it was the real sun, yeah. James. Yeah.
1: I mean, so are we. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Oprah rerun that
2: shit on own. <laughs> I would watch. I would watch it every day. For of,
1: of the Oprah Winfrey Show. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, like, kind. I guess you would call it the legacy of this movie. And like, um, I don't know. What would you call them? Titanic truthers. These kids who like don't think that it's real.
2: <laughs> yeah. When I first saw that, I mean, this was probably like the early days of Twitter in like twenty ten two thousand nine where you would see these tweets from these kids shocked that the Titanic was real. I think it was when it turned 100 in, like, 2012 or so. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That makes sense. But it's like, did it kind of spark an interest for you in, like, the actual, like, event and the disaster and, like, looking it up? And, you know, like you said, you've been to the, the you know, the... Um... Yeah.
3: Which, which has real... It actually has real artifacts in yeah. it from the Titanic at, at those museums. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, after I saw the movie and just, you know, became obsessed with it, Mm -hmm. I definitely was very interested in the history and, um, and also just to like, see how accurate the movie was like with, with what actually happened Mm -hmm. and all the details of the ship and everything like that. So,
0: when,
2: yeah. When I was a kid, my grandma gave me a DK eyewitness book on Titanic, and it was so cool. It had this, <laughs> it had like that painting of the Titanic sinking at night on it, and it was just an informational dot guide of everything about the Titanic. Yeah. And I just remember devouring that entire book and thinking it was so interesting. And even and even to this day, like I'll just be on the Titanic wiki page and just. Go to mm-hmm. Titanic Survivors, um, anything about the ship, about what the wreckage looks like now as compared to the 80s when they found it. That's what's also interesting about the wreckage, that it breaking in half was only kind of speculated. Like there was eyewitness accounts of it breaking, but then there would be contradictory statements from people saying that it didn't, like, that it didn't break in half. And then they could finally prove it in 1985 when they found it, that it did split in two. Sure. Um, there's an interview on the Criterion for uh, a Night to Remember of one of the survivors. She's one of the little girls that is separated from their dad. It's like the two little girls going with their mom in the boats. Mm-hmm. They interview one of those girls. That's kind of a like a reference to her. Her name is Ava. Mm-hmm. and she does an interview. I think that she did it in, like, the early 90s. I was going
1: to say, the interview looks quite a few years old, and she's a very old woman at But she's
2: idea. an old woman, but she still can remember it. Yeah. Like, everything of what it was like to be in the uh, lifeboats. And she talked about sitting there with her mom, and she said the memory of that when the boat went down, and then about 10 minutes later, it just began to get really quiet.
1: Interesting. hmm So... I think what this movie has uh, that kind of some of the other adaptations don't because there was a mini-series right about the same time. With Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones that was on television. And then there was the musical, the Broadway musical afterwards. Um, But those were never as uh, successful as this version. And there's just this particular story. And, And while Jack and Rose are like fictional account, kind of within this, like, true historical event. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about this this fictional story in this actual event that makes this version of Titanic the one that we all, like, have latched onto, right? Because, like, nobody really remembers the the TV miniseries or... I don't know if anybody's seen the musical, but I'm just kind of like, who cares?
2: They also did one with (laughs) Neb Campbell, They did one with Nev Campbell around 2010, but it was about the building of the Titanic in Belfast. Yeah, I remember
1: that. Mm -hmm. that. Um, But yeah, I don't know what it was about this movie and these characters that kind of like just brought us in and and kept us like reeled in because we're still rewatching it. It's like this movie, as long as it is, you kind of. I think that's the only thing that is ever a thought. And it's like, oh, do you want to watch Titanic? And I'm just like, oh, do I have three and a half hours? But other than that, when you actually sit down and watch it, it's so rewatchable.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Like,
2: And I know that the runtime as they were making this movie mm-hmm. that Paramount wanted Jim to almost take an hour out of the movie. And he's just like, I no. can't do it. Then you can just <laughs> let, then I'll just like kill myself because I can't do that. Because it affects the entire movie. right? And that's the thing about the making of this movie. This fraught production of like food poisoning in Nova Scotia. It going way over budget. They had to do uh, Paramount and Fox both uh, co-financed a $200 million movie for mm-hmm. like 96 when they shot that. That would have been like like, you didn't really see movies made at that scale. And the press, the trades in LA were following it thinking it was going to be a huge disaster. Like, they were almost just like, oh, James fucking Cameron, like, making this Titanic movie that was supposed to be out in the summer and they had to push it to December. Yeah, Like, what is this disaster of a movie going to be like? And, I mean, people like to bet against James Cameron, but he'll always come out on top.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So are you excited for Avatar 2?
2: <laughs> I mean, it is going to be the movie that saves... Going
1: to the movies? Yeah, we'll see about that. Jen, did you see Avatar One? Did you care? I did not. Did not. I it's not care. as it's not as good as this movie. I mean, yeah, I feel like
2: I've kind of come around to moments of it, but it's just not Titanic, though.
1: No, yeah, definitely. And
2: it tries really hard to top Titanic.
1: It does. It even has um, it even has a pop song at the end of the movie that fully sounds like My Heart Will Go On. And it's crazy. And it
2: just doesn't really exist. The song? The song. It's just like not on the popular consciousness. No, it didn't make it. Not like Celine. It didn't make it as a pop song at all. We got to talk about Celine Dion.
1: We do have to talk about Celine Dion and this fucking song. This song that was everywhere. Okay. I feel like this was. This era was peak VH1, right? Oh, definitely. This era was like. VH1 was at the top of their game, you know. And this video. Was just on
3: constantly. Love this video. Yeah, it was great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I mean, I was familiar. I mean, people were familiar with Celine up until this point. I mean, she had already done mm-hmm. Aladdin. You know, she well, not done Aladdin, Beauty and, Beauty and Beast. the
2: Beast. Yeah. She had that big song from Up Close and Personal, because I loved you. Yes. written by Diane oh, Warren.
1: Oh my God, that's a good song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, something about this song. And I mean, Scott, you kind of know the story that it there almost wasn't a tie in pop song, right?
2: yeah, James didn't want one, and he just uh James Warner just really had to sell him that you need a you need a romantic song to tie this movie together
1: right, and movies don't do that anymore have like a theme song
2: not quite like this, I mean, I feel like they should,
1: yeah. Did you have, did you record the video off of like VH1 or MTV or did you even need to because it was on so much?
3: (laughs) I I have it on VHS still to this day, I believe. (laughs) You have to find
1: it and figure and find out what's before it and after it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I, well, actually I have uh, at my house, I have a VHS that's just like Titanic, some sort of Titanic compilation where I know I have that video and whatever other, you know, specials sure. and things like that on it.
1: But maybe you yeah, have the Oprah watch. special in there.
3: <laughs> it it might be. It might be.
1: James Cameron. MTV <laughs> MTV had a thing and it was like it was a half hour special that they would do about movies and I can't remember what it was called. It was probably
2: just on MTV news or something. No,
1: but it was like a movie thing and they would call it like MTV blah 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 yeah. about each movie.
2: We talked about it on our fifty four episode. Yeah.
1: Um Yeah, so that was just, like, another way that this movie kind of, like, inserted itself or, like, infiltrated just, like, the, like, I don't know, what do you you call it? The zeitgeist, Mm -hmm. right? Of, like, that year. Because it was, like, the song was on the radio, the video was on MTV, like, the movie was in every movie theater for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months. And then when the VHS came out, everybody bought it. Um, It was just huge. And then... We have the Academy Awards.
2: So last night, <laughs> we found a copy on YouTube of the 1998 Academy Awards, and we almost watched the entire thing. And I remember that's really the year that made me fall in love with the Oscars, because I'm just like a not like an Oscar nut that I predict all the categories early in the year, and I just follow everything. But I remember that ceremony in particular – Just really got me hooked on everything Oscar, and it was just sort of the buzz surrounding Titanic. So we watched a we watched a copy on YouTube of almost the entire ceremony.
1: Did you did you Jen watch it that year, or did you did you care?
3: I yeah, I watched it that year.
1: Okay, were you upset? I don't. Oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, I I don't remember it, but I know that I watched.
1: I mean, do you feel like uh, do you feel like you would have been upset that Leo was? overlooked for best actor nomination when when Kate got a best Mm -hmm. actress nomination. Possibly. (laughs) I feel like I feel like at the I mean at the time, like I said, I was about 19 when this came out. And I was thinking to myself, like, she's good in it. She's great in it. But I was like, is it a I don't know. To me at that time, you know, I was like Academy Award nominations were reserved for, like, you had to have, like, a big, like, scene or, like, a big, like, emotional moment. And she has a lot of those in this movie. But I don't know. To me, something about this was, like, a little bit more of, like, a a popcorn or action movie that I was, like, I don't know if Kate it, needed to be nominated. It's nominators. usually
2: the performances that don't get nominations. But I'm glad that Kate got it. Yeah. I feel like if she would have won, it would have saved a lot of grief later on of... The The role that she did win for that probably she should already have won for. I'm looking at you, the reader.
1: <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, this, like we said, this movie was everywhere. How 14 nominations?
2: Yeah. 11? I think it was tied with Ben Hur of the most nominations and wins.
1: Sure. Well. Wow. At 111, right? Mm hmm. And it was nominated for fourteen. I
2: think that the only ones that it did not win was the acting nominations for Kate and Gloria and makeup.
1: Okay, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we watched the YouTube of the ceremony last night, and. Once they start winning, it's just like boom, every boom, single boom. <laughs> and even like Jim
2: ends up winning for like film editing. Because leave it to J- James Cameron yeah. that like, of course he's going yeah. to have an, a credit for editing the movie just because he probably just has a very like, here, I'll just do it attitude. Because yeah. he's worked every single job in a movie set and he can probably do it better than you.
1: Yeah. Um But... Just like we were talking about how this movie kind of seeped its way into all aspects of culture. We should take a listen to this a little bit here.
0: And Bob Seeger was not on the Titanic! <laughs> Ladies, what girl says true?
3: Oh, 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 oh yes! It, it is true! I wasn't on Titanic! There was no Jack Dawson! No Diamond! I just wanted to ride in a helicopter before I died. We... Oh,
0: ah! Wait, oh, oh, oh. But I really did lose my virginity to President William Howard Taft. Would you like to hear that story? Huh? Anyone?
1: We don't, unfortunately, have the clip from the Britney Spears video. Where they find the heart of the ocean.
2: <laughs> I thought the old lady dropped it in the oh. ocean at the end
1: of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> what song is that? It's Oops, I Did It Again. It's Oops, I Did It Again. That was a huge song. Mm-hmm. That's like one of her biggest... I remember even
2: hits. at the moment thinking like, okay, this is this is a bit much.
1: Yeah, I was mad at that. At that little bit in the video. I was like, no, this is stupid.
2: <laughs> I went down there and got it for you. So this is kind of a good segue in... The Titanic backlash. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that yeah. I almost felt like ashamed or embarrassed to say to say that I like this movie, just because mm-hmm. I would have gotten made fun of from like classmates or my sister or her, or her boyfriend. And I feel like just kind of the movie in general did go through that backlash in the two thousands, where it became cool to say that you never liked Titanic. Yeah. And like, was it maybe just sort of? James Cameron's cockiness of when he won best director saying that he's the king of the world. Was it like, did it kind of start from there?
3: <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Or maybe I just, maybe I just didn't care.
2: Yeah. I think it was empire <laughs> magazine that, um, that they adjusted the review that it was a five star review and they knocked it down to three and a half or what? four stars
1: Rude. just
2: to cater to their, their hater
1: readers. That's rude. I don't mm-hmm. like that. They're hater readers.
2: <laughs> but I feel like it has kind of, in the past five years, I think that sort of that backlash has kind of gone away a little bit. And I, agree. I think that there is a new appreciation for just how great this movie is.
1: Yeah. I agree. Because with something like a similar situation, like with Forrest Gump, right? People. Like nowadays, people are just like, oh, Forrest Gump is trash. You know, it's like pandering, blah, blah, blah. Um, And people are standing by that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like with this one, yeah, like you said, and I think it kind of comes down to, you're right. Cameron at the Academy Awards singing saying he's King of the World, which I think was an earnest moment and he's just kind of a dorky guy and it yeah. didn't come across. Yeah. I think it just came off like, oh God. But whatever. Like he you know, he just won best director, you know, for a movie that was like a huge pain in the ass. And so I, I think he deserved that moment. So it's like, all right, give him a pass on that. And yeah, maybe there is some melodrama in it, like you know some of the dialogue, and and you know maybe Fabrizio's accent is a little over the top. It's a little. What am I to say? It's a little Super Mario. It's a little you know Mario and Luigi, but hey, I love Danny Nucci. I think he did a great job in this role. Um, but yeah, I think like we've been saying this the whole time, when you actually sit down and revisit it, it really stands up, and it ages better than you mm-hmm. might think of yeah. I think, think it has. It, it ages way better than Forrest Gump. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I think I had always kind of known about just people being a little too cool for it. But it's also one of those things that it was so popular mm-hmm. and there's just going to be those people that are just like rejects what's mainstream yeah
2: also i mean in 98 and 97 i mean the the internet wasn't as sophisticated and yeah. it was just easier for everyone to latch on to a movie that everyone could go see and talk about
1: yeah yeah because there's also been like we were mentioned briefly with avatar at the time there was talk that you know that that movie just had this kind of main wide appeal as titanic did um with people like you know seeing the movie multiple times and wanting to go live on this stupid planet and like those <laughs> all this stuff. those
2: stupid articles of people being depressed when they realized that they could never go Live among the Navi. Yeah. I always thought that was made up.
1: <laughs> Which it probably was. But, you know, uh, time has kind of, we kind of forgot about Avatar. Yeah. You know, it, it hasn't really stuck stick around. around. Yeah, it hasn't. Like, stuck I around. mean, it's
2: going to be having a resurgence because Avatar 2, they've been making for like a billion years. Yeah. And that's going to be out in 2022. We aren't even a year away from it.
1: Ugh. And Which Kate, I'm fine with, I'm and, okay with,
2: And Kate Winslet's going to be reuniting with, with Jim.
1: Yeah. But something about that movie doesn't have the legs that mm-hmm. Titanic does.
2: And it's interesting when you think about how Titanic fits into huge blockbusters. When you look at kind of this movie, there's a lot of things about Titanic that are very unusual. It's a romance. Yeah. It is not a sequel-friendly movie. It is not yeah. a superhero movie. Yeah. It's not like an IP it's not an intellectual property that you can yeah. brand stuff with, yeah. like you can today with a Marvel or DC movie.
1: It's one and done.
2: It's just one and done. Yeah, and its main audience, like Jen, was <laughs> was, was was teenage girls. Yeah, just seeing it over mm-hmm. and over again. Yeah, and and gay boys and young gay boys. Yeah, and. I think that sort of one of the big lasting legacies of Rose's story is I don't think that you really walk away at being this great love story. It definitely is. I think one of the big lasting impressions of Rose's story is when you get those shots of the photographs that she didn't need a man to like live her best life. She did it all by herself. Like she did it. She did it for herself. Yeah. She didn't need a Mm -hmm. man to like do it with.
1: Yeah, she promised Jack that she would do all those things and she went off and did them. Mhm. Coming from this like you know sheltered upbringing. Um do you have any like favorite moments or favorite bits about the movie, parts of it that you like more than like more than others?
3: Um I mean the part where they they kiss at you know the front of the ship. Oh, yes. The flying, the yes. flying the scene. Flying. I mean, that's just like
1: with the real sunset. With the real sunset, <laughs> like Oprah. That's the poster. Um,
3: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that scene is just yeah, just ultimate.
1: Yeah, I you think know, you know. I really always took to. I mean, it's it's very brief, but just old Rose in her house with like the TV on, and she's like making her pottery and I'm just, i don't know why mm-hmm. i just really loved this whole like idea of just this old woman and this thing's on the news and she's just like telling her granddaughter like what 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 would they say turn that <laughs> up dear <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i just liked i liked all the stuff with old rose i liked her you know bringing all her pictures with her on the, on to the big ship and bringing the dog and all that stuff i just liked the idea of this like little old lady um, this whole
2: part of the of rose's life that she's never shared with anyone too yes, yeah it's kind of bittersweet and it's like what rose says like a woman's a woman's heart
1: is a ocean of secrets an or ocean something, of something secrets. like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um what did you think of the like curtain call ending and are you of the opinion that old rose dies after she throws the the necklace in at the end of the movie does she die Um, in her sleep there and that's heaven (laughs) you know i
3: think now as i watch it i'm undecided yeah but um i think when i was younger i thought that she died
1: yeah i think that she Um, does yeah
3: but i can't remember exactly what i thought but i think that is what i thought um, yeah,
1: I thought that, but- that the imagery was like, oh, she's this is her passing away. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the curtain call was a little artistic license of we're going to end this. This movie was a huge movie. We know we're sitting in a movie theater. We've been here for three hours. We understand that this is cinema and movie making. So on the one hand, this curtain call thing is kind of like... um an acknowledgement of that to the audience. But on the other hand, it is Rose kind of like seeing all these people again.
2: Right? And it's yeah. and it's Jim's mic drop. Yeah. I did it, motherfuckers. <laughs> I wrote and directed this movie. Yeah.
1: Because on the one hand, if it was uh, like a meta situation where it's like, this is a curtain call for the actors and this is the end of this movie making experience and here are the actors for you... There are actors that are missing. Like Cal's not there, the mom's mm-hmm. not there. You know, Molly Brown's not there. So it's like it's probably not that, and it's more Rose's head, Rose's memory. Trudy's there. Mm-hmm. Trudy's the first person she sees. I know, poor Trudy. <laughs> poor Trudy. They didn't even. Make, they did
2: her so they dirty. Didn't, they didn't make room on the on the <laughs> lifeboat I, for Trudy.
3: And she she like slides down the ship. Mm-hmm. Yes, right.
1: Yes, into <sighs> the cold, cold waters below. She like picked up. Trudy. She picked up like roses. Lunch off the floor after Cal slaps oh, her around. I love that.
2: I, I love that moment where she's helping, that is, a, that is where she's moment. helping Trudy.
1: That is where Trudy's <laughs> helping her. Yeah, where that, Trudy's helping her. That's a great moment.
2: Clean everything up.
1: Um, yeah, but Trudy's one of the first people at the beginning of the curtain call. I remember that that specific choice of an ending was kind of a bit like my mom was like what What did you think was that you know was that like she's going to heaven and she's seeing all these people um, it works either way it works either way but it also brings up this thing where old Rose nine, uh, 101 years old in the movie is she 101 or 102 101 mm-hmm. in the movie she's lived this huge life you know ultimately she has a granddaughter that is her mm-hmm. caregiver. So if she's got a granddaughter, she must have had children again, at th- or had children at some point in her life. But when she does die, who does she see? Is Jack? Yeah. <laughs> not not her children. She sees, I she
2: sees the one that she sees the one that got away.
1: <laughs> not her children. Not the man that she has children with, whether or not they got married. But who does she see? Jack, the guy that she did it with in a car on a boat once. <laughs> But hey, sometimes.
3: <laughs> but do you think that there's? Do you think there's any possibility that she may have gotten pregnant?
1: <sighs> okay, maybe. Then this would be like her great granddaughter. Then. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, she
2: would have Big, had that baby in life, yeah. Because yeah, in the teens, yeah, the child would yeah. have
1: been born in like nineteen twelve or nineteen thirteen or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. <laughs> It could still be her granddaughter from another child, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that's that's uh, like Scott was talking about how James Cameron does this thing where he sets things up and calls them back. He sets up Jack teaching Rose how to spit off the side of the boat. And later on in the movie, and she spits. spits and it's, and oh, you, you need
2: to play that clip.
1: Oh, that's a good clip. Do you want to hear? It?
2: I love that clip. Okay. I love that moment with Rose because you just sort of see how much this character has grown in this movie.
1: All right, let's take a listen.
0: Shut up! Don't you understand? The water is freezing and there aren't enough boats. Not enough by half. Half the people on this ship are going to die.
2: Not the better half. Come
0: on, Ruth, get in the boat. First my seats are right up here.
1: Oh. You know, it's a pity I didn't keep that drawing. It'll be worth a lot more by morning.
0: Women and children... You unimaginable bastard darling, there's plenty of room for you Come on, Rose You're next, darling Come into the boat, Rose Come Rose Get into the boat Rose Goodbye, Mother Rose Rose, come back here Are you coming? Damn You're a whore to a
1: gutter
0: rat Rather be his whore than your wife. Boom! No, I said no.
2: Kate Winslet said on Oprah that was her idea to spit in his face.
1: Yeah, but it fits in perfectly Mm -hmm. with this with that scene earlier in the movie, and you know Jack and her talk about going horseback riding on the beach and going to Santa Monica Pier and and all the pictures. It's all there. She's on the back of a horse and you can see the pier behind her and all of that. So it's that setup and payoff. That's like that's really good script writing right there, man.
2: Yeah, I mean it's kind of screenwriting one oh one. Yeah. That you find in Su- good movie a- scripts. Super effective. So some of my favorite moments, uh, I like the you see people. Jack line, which he later sort of rips off an avatar.
1: James Cameron has a big thing with, you see people, you didn't see Avatar, you said, but it's a big uh, moment with the, like, the alien creatures, like, this greeting that they have is like, I see you, and it's like this whole thing, and the, Mm. the main character has to learn, like, it's not just like, I see you in front of me, but it's like, I really see you, and it's like, almost verbatim what Rose says to Jack about seeing people, and I'm like, oh, wow. He really, he really has a up. hair hair. But I mean, Cameron wrote both. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's ripping <But>. himself off.
2: <laughs> it's like, get some new ideas, bro. Um, and also like? one of my favorite shots of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk about the door because I feel like the, the door, door. <laughs> is so just dissected in popular culture and I have to tell people, get over it. The door would have sunk with both of them. You're yeah. missing the point of the scene. Yeah. That Jack has to die at the end of the movie yeah. for Rose's growth. Yeah. But I love that shot of Rose when she's looking over at the at the lifeboat
0: mm-hmm. with uh,
2: uh, Captain Fantastic. What's his name? Uh, oh, yeah. Fantastic uh, Four. With the Fantastic Four guy.
1: E- and Griffith. Mm-hmm. Griffith.
2: And she looks over to Jack. She sees he dead. Yeah. And then she sort of has this moment of... I need to get to that fucking whistle. Yeah. And you see her get off the door and swing back into the water, back into the water and swim over to that whistle. Yeah. And you could tell that it is all the strength in her body. Yeah. And just Kate's performance doing that scene is so powerful. And she takes Mm -hmm. that damn whistle out of those frozen lips. And you can really hear the sound effect of when she pulls it out. Yeah. You can hear skin ripping (laughs) and then she blows on the whistle. Yeah. And they come back for it. And there's that last shot of Kate's eyes
0: Mm
1: -hmm. of when she's blowing.
2: You just see this will to live on her face. Yeah. I love that shot. Very good.
1: Uh, What camp were you in, Jen, of the, uh, they could have fit both of them on that door? (laughs)
3: Um, I mean, I think that if both of them are on the door, then they're, you know, maybe it could have floated, but there would have been too much water on there.
1: Yeah. It would have
3: sunk. you know, they, they would, would have...
1: They would have maybe froze.
3: sunk, but they wouldn't have survived.
1: Yeah. They would have froze because they would have been submerged in too much water. And there's that yeah. shot of him trying yeah. to get on the door, too, and yeah. he sees that it's not working. Yeah. But, I mean, the whole yeah. reason that she lived was because she was out of the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, you know, so she yeah. didn't get the hypothermia as fast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they would have been too submerged. You're right. You're absolutely right.
2: Now, did you know the callback to one of the one of the real life survivors in the movie? Do you know who it was? What at the back of the ship? Oh, it's the guy <laughs> in all white that's taking the swigs out of the bottle. The chef RD. That's the that's the chef on the Titanic that actually survived, and he was he was drinking that night, and it's sort of, they think that it may have saved him from hypothermia. But yeah, that that character is a callback to one of the actual guys that survives, and that wow. guy is also in A Night to Remember too. So just a little attention to detail.
1: Yeah, they that always he put throw in. that chef mm-hmm. in there, like in any.
2: There's a really good drunk history on that chef too. <laughs> hmm.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, the ending of this movie, I feel like it not wasn't controversial, but it was another one of those things that just kind of got people talking. You know, mm-hmm. the whole like the room on the driftwood was one, was one conversation, you know, whether, whether old Rose dies, you know, in her sleep on the ship. Um, You know, people also talked about her throwing the necklace into the, into the ocean and why hadn't, Mm -hmm. why hadn't she sold it her entire life and like been like a rich, wealthy woman, you know, and all these things, you know, what did you have opinions about, about that? What, like what she was doing with this, with this diamond in her, in her purse um, for 80 years. I
3: didn't I didn't have any opinions about it um, when I was younger yeah. I just didn't even really think about it at all yeah um, but as an adult uh, and revisit, <laughs> revisiting the film <laughs> you know it's kind of like I don't know you could have like taken care of your family and like
1: you know
2: yeah but <laughs> yeah. you would have done it And relied on Cal.
1: I mean, it's Cal's money, but it's like, if she sold it, then it would be her money. She had to do it for herself. Yeah. True. Mm -hmm. And it seems like she lived a pretty decent life. She was, like, flying a plane in one of the pictures. Like, you know, all these (laughs) You see her, like, on these exotic
2: adventures Mm -hmm. in, like, Africa.
1: Oh, and then the one guy said, too, that she was an actress. Mm Mm-hmm you know, for a period. So yeah, she probably lived a, a decent life, but yeah, you're yeah. right. She could have, she could have made a nice chunk of change on it, but um, yeah, but it just, it, you know, yeah, <laughs> I
3: get it. Yeah. I get it. You know? Yeah. It rounds out the not story. not wanting to depend on anybody or mm-hmm. whatever. Have, so. you,
2: have you ever seen the deleted yeah. scene of that? Deleted it's, scene? It's with Gloria Stewart and Bill Paxton that they oh, have yeah. this weird moment where he sees her like at the, at the back of the ship trying to drop it in and then they have this whole exchange and it just does not work. It's on YouTube. Look it up. Yeah, Deleted Titanic ending. It would have wrecked the whole thing. It would have completely <laughs> changed how you exit the movie. Sure. So I'm glad that they cut it.
1: Mm, interesting. I feel like I've seen it. I just don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Didn't, st- didn't stick with me. But yeah, it's... Yeah, this, this movie was so much and it was so big and all of that, but even... Even the ending had so many little bits that it left you you know walking away from it you you were still talking about it. and people have argued about the room on the driftwood for years like it's still just like a huge conversation mm-hmm. on the internet. I think
2: that Kate Winslet did a little bit with Stephen Colbert about it too.
1: yeah. I think like I think the um, who are those guys that do that like debunk things? we saw the MythBusters. MythBusters didn't i think they did one where they like they i think they busted it where it's like they wouldn't have she wouldn't have lived it would have it would have sank too far into the water and like you said they would have gotten hypothermia so but people still like to argue about it mm-hmm. but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean this movie it's like it's it's part of pop culture still to this day 25 years later like for a purpose mm-hmm. because it was
0: really good
2: so Lindsay Ellis, YouTuber Lindsay Ellis, she did a really great, uh, YouTube video where she asked, is Titanic good? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Look it up. It's really good. Is Titanic good? Mm-hmm.
1: Question. I mean, yeah, you could write a, I could write a, a decent length paper on it and get a B <laughs> <laughs> if I tried really hard. Um, do, do I mean, do we have any final thoughts before we, before we wrap this up? This has been this has been a lot of talk about Titanic. Do we leave anything out? Is there anything you, you wanted to oh, bring up? I mean, Scott's like we left a lot out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we chose not to do a recap of this movie because there's no point.
1: No, there's no way. There's no way. I mean we did miss a lot. We missed like uh you know, Tommy Tommy the Irishman uh, <laughs> you know, and his like his his sad death scene. Shot? The guy who got shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like Tommy, Jack, and Fabrizio Mm -hmm. being like these scrappy, you know, poor kids, like sticking up for, you know, steerage.
2: I could see them also cutting a lot of stuff with those three characters that there could have been an even longer cut following all of those storylines. Yeah, for sure. I could see that was one of the things when they had to tighten this movie up Mm -hmm. to be just at three hours they had to get rid of.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of character. There's so many characters throughout this movie that, um, are not just like one off. They're co- like constantly brought back and we just don't have time to get to all of them. But I think we brought up a lot of good points. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess our, I guess our final thoughts are, you know, watch it again. If you haven't watched it in a while, it holds up better than you think it does. Carve out some time because it does hold up a lot better than you think it does. Um, Jen, do you have any any final thoughts for our listeners on on Titanic before we say goodbye? <laughs> um, I need
2: I need to get a good look at your scrapbook.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um. Watch, I, it no.
1: <laughs> oh, watch it again. No. Watch it again. I don't good. know what else to say. Yeah, watch yeah. it
3: again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Just yeah, give it another give it another go if you haven't given it a go in a while. Um take take the time to, to to watch it all the way through from beginning to end. Because it's one of those things that it's on so much, like we said, that you can just watch it in bits and pieces and you're like, Oh, it's this part, or oh it's that part, or or I always catch it on this exact scene, which happens to a lot of people. But if you sit down and watch it from start to finish, there's really great stuff. The stuff in the present day is good with Old Rose, um, Bill Paxton. I think Bill Paxton. A lot of people, I don't know. People have different opinions of him. We love Bill Paxton. We love Bill Paxton here on this show. Um, I think he does a great job in this movie. I love the wraparound stuff. But yeah, give it a give it a, a rewatch if you haven't.
2: We'll definitely do more Kate Winslet movies in the future. In the future, I love yes. Kate. She's one of my favorite actresses. Yes.
1: And we're definitely going to do a lot more Leo movies in the future. Yeah, we have to do <laughs> Romeo and Juliet yes. eventually. Yes, indeed. Yes. But <laughs> But Jen, this was so much fun. Thank yes, you thank for you coming so much. On. It's so good yes. to catch up with you. I Thanks know. for having me. Yeah, you're I'm welcome. honored. Yeah, You should uh, definitely send us some images from your scrapbook. We won't put them on social <laughs> media if you I don't want to. I want to see them. it. But we can, maybe we'll put them on our Patreon for our special exclusive <laughs> member.
3: <laughs> I I used to have a Titanic website on GeoCities. Oh, I, love it. Oh, Back I in the remember. Day. Okay, now I'm, I'm
2: having <laughs> flashes of like me being young and searching the internet on GeoCities and oh, looking at Titanic pages and like getting like waiting like 30 minutes for a line of dialogue to download so you could listen to it on your computer speakers.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, if if your page I'm, is still hosted somewhere online, find it and send it over the link it. <laughs> I wish. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yes, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Stay safe out there and um hopefully we'll get to talk to you soon and maybe you can come on another another time.
3: Sounds good. Love you. All, right.
1: All right, man. See you later. <laughs> And thank you all out there for listening to another episode of Movies That Made Us Gay. That was a lot of fun. It was a fun one. Yeah, I love talking about this movie. I do, too. I can I can watch Titanic anytime it's on cable or anytime we pop mm-hmm. it into the old Blu-ray player. This is a fun, fun movie. And we're going to have, I mean, we've got a lot of Titanic memorabilia, as we mentioned um, during this episode. We've got the poster. We've got the double vinyl soundtrack it's a special edition soundtrack too Special edition we've got some pop vinyls we've got a lot of cool stuff we'll definitely post i
2: need to get a hold of the rose barbie doll
1: oh man yes look it up on
2: ebay they did a doll for kate winslet and i want it
1: we'll definitely get that but we'll post some pictures of that on our patreon um www.patreon.com slash movies that made us gay but we'll also post it on our, uh, on our socials on uh, the Instagram as well but we'll definitely post those for you guys to see some of our fun stuff but um, in the meantime we've got some business to take care of speaking of Patreon we've got some Patreon members that we'd like to give a shout out to thank you oh so much for being our friends and um, following us on Patreon, we'd like to say hello to Genevieve Thomas, Don McBride, Josh Clement, M Melli, Aaron Bent, Melinda and Jim Shirley, Jessica Torres, John Miller, Nick Thomas, Christine Asher, Rufino Kabong, Mitch Ralston, and
2: David Vine. DB! DV. I just saw that David Vine became a member. I was Thank,
1: like, oh, David! so much, DV. Thank you so much! <laughs> well, everybody out there listening... Definitely head over to Patreon.com. We are going to record a commentary tonight. We're doing it tonight. It'll be up before this episode uh, is posted. But um, if you're on Patreon, you'll have had a couple of days and with you'll our get, fresh Watch With Me
2: commentary. And you'll get all of our old ones. We did Scream Two.
1: We did Halloween H Two O, and what's the third one? Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yes, indeed. So we're gonna have another one coming up very shortly. But, uh, yeah, you can definitely go to Patreon to check out the different tiers that you can follow us. All of the money from Patreon goes back into the show so we can uh, continue to make new episodes for yeah. you. So, yeah, we'd love it if you Gosh, check it out. We're coming up
2: at the end of the year. How crazy is that?
1: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> I don't even know. Our even Christmas episodes are that. going
2: to be coming up.
1: Yeah, time to do some Christmas. We're episodes. also
2: going to be doing a vote for our Christmas Day episode. So oh, look yeah. on that on our social media. We're going to have a vote between two Tim Burton movies. You can probably guess yes. which ones they are.
0: Or
1: can you? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see. But we would also love it if you would rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Yes. Yeah, go to we Apple need more. Podcasts. We'll read them on the air. Smash those five stars and also write us a good review. Anytime you read us, uh, leave us a review or anytime you give us uh, a star review, that helps people to find us. Yeah, it helps us a lot. Helps our show get out there and we love to have more listeners. So we love it when you write us awesome reviews. Uh, you can also find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Movies That Made Us Gay and we're also on Twitter at MTMUGpod. Exactly. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna.
2: And I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram. Instagram. Yes, yes, indeed. Also find me on Letterboxd.
1: Yes, Are you also Scott Youngballer? I'm just
2: Scott Youngballer on Letterboxd.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So head out there and take a take a listen give us uh, give us some reviews on there as well like all of our stuff thank you so much for listening everybody We'll
2: play out with some Celine
1: We'll play out with some Celine and uh, we'll be back next week thanks guys bye
2: bye